I'm Abby Gibb, and welcome to the Full Body Fuck Yes Podcast, a Soulfire production. Hey, welcome to another episode of Full Body Fuck Yes. I'm your host, Abby Gibb, and this is actually the last episode of season one of the Full Body Fuck Yes. And it's been a hot second, actually, since I've recorded an episode, and I'm going to share today why, Uh, but some highlights to look forward to today. I'm going to share why I've taken two months off of social media and why I plan to take another year off, what has come up for me in that. I also want to share the first chapter of my new book with you right? I think that's going to be pretty fun. Um, What's coming up next for me in my life? I'm getting married very soon. This is finally, I've been engaged a few times and finally the first one that's actually going to happen perfectly timed. Uh, I'm it's, it's kind of a dream. Um, And my next adventure, I am going to be walking across the country from Mexico to Canada, um, 2,650 miles. And what why? <laughs> why am I doing that? Why am I pausing my entire business? Um, why my soon-to-be husband has quit his job? What are we doing? <laughs> Have we lost our minds? Um, and an invitation today. We're gonna we're gonna investigate together about what it means to on the heels of the of one of the most recent episodes that y'all really loved, uh, the death of the good girl. Like, what does it mean then when your good girl finally dies and you begin to center yourself? in your life. You become the main character. You begin to take up more space, more room on the page of your own life and assess some of the stories that you've told yourself that no longer serve you without any shame or judgment, by the way, like they definitely served you. You wouldn't do it if it didn't work for you at the time, but like you change and that's great. You're allowed to change. And today's episode is a giant permission slip, hopefully, and an insight into what's going on in my heart. Um, over why I'm in a deep season of quiet and that's, that's gorgeous. And I've never given myself the permission to do that before in this like really beautiful, safe way. And that's really what the first chapter or the prologue, I think to my memoir is going to be. And of course it's a rough draft and it was written just stream of consciousness one day with absolutely no rewrites. So you get to be the first ones to hear it because you're such a dear community. And, uh, with social being closed, uh, very soon, I will not even be in the DMS. So I'd love you to email me as well. Uh, your insights, questions, um, any other things you want to know that I can do as an FAQ episode, um, coming up for season two, any other things you want me to teach or talk about or have people on, I'm always loving that kind of feedback. So just send it to me over at hello at abbygib.com. How did this come about? How did I take two months off of social when I've pretty much posted every single day for mm, since social media has been invented? Well, I want to say that I, first of all, have a very different relationship with social media than I think most people do. Of course, everyone feels like their reality is everyone else's reality because you don't, you can't possibly know any different. Um, But I'm realizing that that's not true when it comes to social. So you may or may not know, uh, depending on how long you've been a part of following me in my community, I was a TV journalist for more than a decade. 
And I was, you know, as an elder millennial on the forefront of literally the internet being invented. I know I'm that old (laughs) and social media, uh, inventing coming mainstream and then becoming a part of how we disseminate information. I was in the newsroom one night about to anchor my own TV show and I get this alert on my computer and I open it up. It's Facebook and it says, Osama bin Laden has been killed. It's a really big deal at the time. And less than two minutes later, the wires like AP Associated Press wires, NBC all started like coming down the channel and saying like, Hey, Osama bin Laden has been killed. And in that moment, I realized, holy fuck, the entire concept of connection, community, dissemination of information, what is news has shifted because for the first time, social media is going to be faster and more efficient. And I doubled down. So what that looks like is that I literally posted as a part of my job, not even once, but like probably at least one time an hour (laughs) between tweets or going live or something. Um, During my TV time, I was, when I was quote on the clock, I was posting at least once an hour all day. I mean, I was just glued to my phone. And so it felt like kind of a break, to be honest, when I started posting once a day, once I left TV. But that's like really ingrained. And what happened for me, and again, you do you, boo, but what happened for me is that it's pretty impossible not to let the likes and the shares and the views and the streaming rate, you know, the ratings from the TV shows, all of those pieces, those extrinsic validation that literally was a part of my career, it also formed my self-worth. And I'm an extreme case, but I want to ask you and invite you to assess if social media consistently is making you a better person or not. If you feel like you have a healthy relationship with social media or not, however you would define that. If you invest as much time in other things in your life as you do scrolling or commenting or creating content. And how do you feel about that? That's all. No judgment, no right or wrong. Just like, how does that feel? So fast forward and I will consistently say social is an incredible tool, especially when you're building a business especially in the beginning, because the first six months of building the business that you know now, my coaching business all around media visibility, understanding your message, how to really share that effectively in the world, all those pieces that I've become an expert at, that business was completely built on Instagram. A hundred percent. The first six months of my business was pretty much like, I don't even percentage 85, 95% of my business. I built it to my first hundred thousand dollars in six months, which was my personal crazy goal. And I did that fully from social media. So I really strongly believe that it works 
and that it's a great tool if you can create healthy boundaries with it, right? It's like people with drinking. Some people can have just a glass, right? And that's me with alcohol. Like I can just take it or leave it. I can have a glass of wine with a nice meal with friends and then not drink for weeks. Like it doesn't affect me, but other people's brain chemistry or traumatic experiences or mental health balance, wherever they're at, they may have a drink and it becomes the whole bottle. And then they drink every day for two weeks, right? Like everybody's different and also different seasons of our life. So what happened for me is that I began to build my self-worth on essentially what looks like a stock market chart, <laughs> lots of ups and downs, very variable. Um, and it really started to degrade my mental health in the last year of building this business using social. I was in a lot, a lot of comparisonitis. I was distraught sometimes like full on panic attack, crying over the fact that I had put so much work into a post and nobody, it didn't, it didn't go viral. It didn't do as well as the last post, which is what the algorithm, by the way, is built to do to you. Okay. And also I just assessed how much time in my day I was giving to social. And, you know, again, it's just something for me, but I, fuck, I just was like, dude, minimum I'm spending two, sometimes three, four hours a day creating content. This isn't like doom scrolling even, right? Creating content, thinking of ideas, shooting, editing, DMs, responding, sharing stories, lives. Like, I mean, it was, it was a full-time job on top of another full-time job. And it was really not great for my mental health. It really wasn't. It just didn't feel good. And I got to this point, I'm sitting in bed with my soon-to-be husband and I just, I just said, I think, I think I need to give up social media. And he was like, yeah, I mean, I've been saying this for a while. And I was like, I mean, it was really scary. I, I was re I was really scared, but like, if I'm being radically honest with myself and saying like, what feels like a full body fuck? Yes. The fact, the idea of not doing social was just like, I could feel my shoulders dropping. Oh, like that. And I just took a deep breath and I was just like, I just need, I need a minute and I'm not going to give myself a certain time frame, but I'm going to, I'm going to guess at least a month, which I'd never done before. And I'm just going to not. And one month became two. And I have a lot of other things going on in my life right now that I'm going to share with you. And I just felt like, you know, it was something had to drop in order to make my mental health a priority. That's another piece I wanted to touch on. At some point when you have the death of the good girl, again, go listen to that episode if you haven't. But at some point when you experience the death of the good girl, you begin to center yourself, usually for the first time. Now, what does centering yourself mean? It means in the cliche term, 
what we hear out there. Oh, love yourself. Put yourself first, right? No. This is like, I will not abandon myself ever again. What are ways of self-abandonment? When you choose to post over your mental health. When you say yes, when you really mean no. When you don't want to do that project or somebody asks you to get a, something done sooner than you're actually ready and you just say, yes, I can. Absolutely. I can handle it. When you really can't and you don't want to, you're choosing, you're centering someone else over yourself. And who, who pays? You. I do. When I place the needs of anything, social media as a whole, um, the approval of men, ratings, likes, shares, random people on the internet's opinion that will never, I'll never meet and doesn't actually fucking matter. I am choosing everything other than me. I am centering everyone else to be more important than myself. And in the past, that has led to a severe eating disorder. I spit out my food every single night. Not proud of it um, for years. It led to me staying in abusive relationships because I genuinely didn't believe that I could have better or deserved better or had an opportunity to get out. And I'm not just talking romantic. I'm talking in my career for sure. Right? I mean, there's so many small and big ways that I bet you have hopefully previously or maybe right now with some radical honesty, compassion for yourself are not centering yourself. I finally just said like as much as genuinely wholeheartedly, I miss talking to you today. Hi. Hello. I, I miss you. Really? I also missed myself more. Wow. That's true. Yeah. I missed myself more guys. I miss just being quiet with myself, hearing myself out. Um, and it took a while, you know, to fall back into me. I feel like when you live life, like imagine a snow globe and you're just shaking it all the time. <laughs> That's our day to day. <laughs> so it's not like right away, all of the snow is going to like lightly fall to the ground. So perfectly. Um, but yeah. It takes a while to like let it slowly fall down and to hear yourself again, because I realized that all of my creative energy was going towards writing um, social media copy, right? Or real ideas, TikToks and sales page copy and just like all of it for everybody else. And so I really missed writing for me. And Another big part of this pause for me was like, okay, wow, I, I was really focused on writing two books and I'm really excited about bringing those books out into the world. It is, you know, a full on book baby. It's a huge process and I know that I will birth them and I cannot wait for them to be in your hot little hands, but just not if this wasn't the season. And so I had to let someone down. You know, I had to let the team down. Um, and that was really scary, y'all. Like, because I got to this point where I'm on the bed with Aaron, 
my husband and I'm saying, but I have to stay on social media because it's the only way that I'll be able to like fulfill the book deal, right? Like I have to have so many followers and engagement and like, that's it. And he said something that fucking just rocked my world. He was like, you consistently sell yourself short. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you consistently fail to center yourself. Make yourself the main character of your own life. You tell everybody on that podcast, like, this podcast is, you know, time for you to take up more room on the page of your life. But when are you going to do it for yourself? And I was like, oh, fuck balls. Okay, let's lean in. Give me some examples. Show me the receipts. And he's like, okay, I got a CVS long receipt for you. And I'm like, oh, fuck, grab some coffee. Here we go. And he was like, abs, you believed that you couldn't get any better of a guy than your college sweetheart, even though he punched holes in the wall right next to your face, locked you in bathrooms and eventually hit you. You stayed because you didn't believe that anyone else could possibly love you. Right now, it's not my fault that I did that. I'm not blaming myself, but he was right. Then I believed how the TV industry consistently told me my bosses that I only had one talent and it was this one. I only had one career. It does not translate. These skills can only be for this. And if I don't do this, where the fuck am I going to go? I have nothing else I can do. So I stayed right. And then I believed that social media made me who I was. That social media was like the thing that made me relevant in this world. It's just not true. And so I just chipped away. I was like, fuck Aaron. And I just sat there and I just like chipped away at it until I got to a place where finally, yeah, I, I centered me. I was like, no, I'm the secret sauce. I'm the thing. You know, when I had X, Y, and Z success, it was because of me. I did that. Those were just platforms and tools to express myself. So moving forward, I don't think I'm coming back to social anytime soon. Um, I, I need more time. I deserve more time. I'm giving myself more time to assess this relationship I have with social and to just listen to myself because there's a lot, as I said, a lot going on. So I don't anticipate being on social for the rest of the year, probably. Don't hold me to it. I may come back sooner. I may not come back at all. I, but for now, um, yeah, I don't think, I don't think I'm coming back y'all. I am pausing this podcast and I do a hundred percent plan to come back here. I love this. This feels super natural and uh, organic and I don't ever listen to my episodes after I press record. And I, as you can tell, do not have them like really scripted or anything. So it's really just like this very present gift to hear myself out and to gift to, to you in your little earbuds, wherever you're at right now, whether you're taking a nice walk and feeling that sunshine on your face or you're 
in a grocery store line or you're cleaning your house. Hi. So I love this relationship and I will be back. But uh, this has been a quiet season. So what's coming up next is I am getting married in less than two months. Holy fuck balls. Super excited. And we've um, rented out this beautiful cabin lodge area um, here in Oregon. And we rented it out for a whole long weekend with all of our closest friends. So it's just a wedding of 30 people, but you know me and I'm a little bougie. So it's still going to be just the most exquisite, exciting thing. And it's so beautiful and intimate. And I will not be sharing any pictures of it on social media. (laughs) I've asked all my guests not to either. It is a social media free wedding because that just feels like the most exquisite gift I could give myself. I've been giving myself the gift of presence. I've been fully present to planning this wedding, to working with my clients, to uh, packing up our house. Cause I'm going to tell you, we've got another big adventure to honestly, I've never spent more quality time with my friends. I talk to at least one of my closest friends every day. Now um, I'm getting to plan my best friend's baby shower as well, which are just like these life moments you'll never get back. It's her first baby. She went through IVF and, um, I Deans and, you know, I'm just honored to be asked and invited to, to partake in such a beautiful ceremony. Um, we're doing a baby blessing and some other ceremony pieces to this kind of rewriting what it looks like to have a baby shower and make it more ceremonial and intentional and Um, and the same with my wedding, my wedding just feels like this long weekend of a big, lovely hug. So many tiny details, so many places to just shower love on my closest friends and family and, and to just be fucking present to it. There's this narrative of like wedding planning has to be super stressful and you're going to go over budget and you're going to fight. It's going to be so hard. And I'm not saying that it's been easy by any stretch. I've had tears, of course, a couple of times with COVID. I thought maybe we were just going to get a whole thing canceled. Like, oh, it's been a lot, but also like, it's my one time to do this in my entire life. And I want to be fully fucking present to it because right after the wedding, we're going to go on a mini moon. Um, another, we're going to go on an actual honeymoon once the world opens up more, but we kind of are doing this wedding at this exact time because dun, 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 I am walking on the Pacific Crest Trail, the PCT, with Aaron, my brand new hubby. Um, so we start on April 10th and we are going to walk from Mexico all the way to Canada, 2,650 miles. And so we kind of have planned our life for the last two years, this has been something we've worked towards. Um, it's been a big goal of ours, a big dream to be able to do this. He's actually already done that trail. And this is going to be my first time through hiking. I have section hiked, as you guys know, I'm a big backpacker. So I've sectioned hiked a lot of that trail already. I feel really prepared. I'm petrified. I'm so excited. At first, I was going to podcast along the way with you, but I realized that when was the, like, when was the last time 
that I put myself first, that I centered myself in an experience that I was fully present. And I felt that it would pull that out of me, you know, like I would not be able to be present to my thoughts. Cause I'd be like, Oh, I should do a, you know, something here, or that's a good line. I should write that down and just take me out of this once in a lifetime experience. So, um, I will totally be happy to answer more of your questions. Um, but it's six months long ish, uh, five months. If you're, we're going fast, we're going to average about 23 miles a day. Um, so it's about a marathon a day for five months. <laughs> uh, we're going to cross the length of essentially 10 Everest. So if you want to like picture that, yep. I'm going to go up and down Everest 10 times. Um, in that span, I carry all my own food and I filter my own water and I just have like one of everything in my clothes. So it's like one hiker dress, one pair of, um, leggings or depending, you know, on the weather, like a pair of snow pants. Cause yes, I will also be crossing lots of snow. I will be sleeping on snow and you know, there's just paring it down. And it just feels like a really beautiful human experience to have these two great dichotomies in my life. One of being a wedding, which is pretty much one of the most like dressed up extravagant versions of yourself that you may ever experience if you choose to have a wedding that way. And the bougie bitch in me is like, fuck yes. So I have multiple outfit changes every day for like four days because why not? And matching pajamas, of course, with like my family and, uh, sweatshirts. I mean, there's just so much fucking merch. I had to make merch. Y'all know that. Um, and then to go from that into literally the extreme most opposite, which is like one small item that you, you know, fits into your backpack and you're trying to carry less than 10 pounds, including your pack, your, um, sleeping pad, you know, literally all of it, shoes, like the whole thing. And, um, we're not even really going to use a tent for a large portion of it. Um, just cowboy camping, you know, no tent or a tarp when it's, um, raining. It's crazy. So fun. So that starts April 10th and I should be done around ish the middle to end of September. I'll be hitting Canada. So that's what I'm doing y'all. And I'm winding down my work right now, um, which has just been so beautiful to be really present to just a few clients in these last two months. I've never been happier. My nervous system is amazing. I just feel fully present and it just feels so fucking good. For the first time, my writing poured out of me again. It felt natural. It wanted to come out. And I just spent one day writing and I think it's going to be the prologue to one of my books, my memoir, which I think, I think working title is going to be walking myself home. So I think this is going to be the prologue in the book. It just came out of me and I wanted to share it exclusively here with just you first. Does that sound good? And by the way, so if you're like abs, how do I talk to you? Um, I will be checking Instagram DMs 
for like another couple of weeks and then really not at all. So the best way to reach me is to send me an email at hello at abbygib.com. That's just hello at abbeygib.com. So I'd love to hear your insights. Um, I'd love to hear what other questions you may have that I can do as frequently asked questions um, in the next season, sharing all of the details of the hike and the wedding and things that I've been processing quietly by myself and um, anything else that you've had that's coming up for you. Like, seriously, I'd love to stay connected. That's probably going to be the best way. So we're just going to go old school with some email and uh, I'd love to hear from you. So with that said, let's dive in. Do you want to hear the first chapter? Sound good? I can hear you be like, yeah, abs. So um, sit back, close your eyes, or just get into a comfy space and let me read to you, right? Isn't that nice? I feel like um, it's a, reading to someone is like so beautifully intimate. I feel like it's the same as, I think that's why I love podcasting so much. I think it's the same as like when you like brush your friend's hair, or when your like lover makes you a bath, like just so fucking intimate. I love it. So here we go. I am in a deep season of quiet right now. The most quiet I think I've ever been in, actually. Nearly 37 years in the making next month. The kind of deep quiet that freshly fallen snow makes. Absorbing all sound around it. Thick, sticky flakes gently and beautifully wiping the landscape clean. My heart feels like a perfect Northwest December day. Blue, sunny skies filled with millions of tiny sparkles gently falling over all the past stories, old roads, scorched land I used to call home. Restored, refreshed, renamed. Maybe that's why we call it hibernation, a wintering of the soul. I love it here in the quiet. I've never experienced seasons before. Only summer, only dry, only busy, only striving, only proving constantly to everyone, to myself, that I even deserve to be alive. The world has names for this season. They call it anxiety, depression, or its shiny cousin, hustle and girl boss. The world tells me that only through more heat will I find the cool, that I'll find the rest, the crisp fall nights that edge out summer. But this heat stokes my greatest fear that I'm not special or unique or worth the breath I take. So instead, I talk over people in case this breath is my last, become the loudest in the room, grab the views and the likes, the ratings and the stages, the screens and the streams, so I will feel seen. I give and give and give my eyes away daily to anyone willing to validate my very existence. Tell me I'm special. I've said more than once to a man still inside of me, searching his face for any hint of my own. It never occurred to me to snatch them back, my eyes, to see myself fully, to sit with myself quietly. Until now, amongst the freshly fallen snow. No more heat, I cry. No more. I cry into the dead of winter. All I want now are seasons. All I want now is a pace to it, a place for it. 
for me. And then I hear it. I hear that familiar voice as the weight of my feet crunch and collapse the falling snow below me. Oh, sweet baby girl, she says. I hear her with a capital H from that space not all my own. She speaks in the rich, textured sound of a vintage cashmere voice most closely resembling Maya Angelou. A weathered hand as old as the concept of time cups my cheek as she says, Come now, it's time to rest, for it is winter, baby girl. Her words hug my small frame and I feel the salt of earth itself fall down my face. She continues to speak, but never with words you would use to order at a restaurant, not the kind wasted on small talk or the bread basket. Only a knowing heard from the trees days into a hike when nature itself begins to trust you with its secrets, the kind that can't be contained to a form so static and boring as language. Ariana Grande was right, by the way. God is a woman. No work can be done out here, baby girl. Not out here, her hand gesturing to the world at large before landing on my beating heart. Only in here. Let's stay in here for a while, okay? Okay, I say. She, it, me, us, love. Let's stay here a while, shall we? Here in the place the space between the flint and the flurry of my endless fiery summer days, finally calling me in to rest, to lay down the doing for the doing is done, to look up, for it is winter, it is snowing, it is quiet, and I can finally see me. I was born into that heat, into fear, An Aries, Pitta, Mars rising, fiery fire of all fire signs, that's me, Abby Elizabeth Gibb, 8 pounds, 12 ounces of unbridled flame. On March 26th, 1985, an unusually long and extra healthy umbilical cord turned itself on me, wrapped itself around my neck, and began to choke the very life from me. And as it turns out, my sweet mother too. There was no time to feel air or earth, or water, or any other sign of life. Only fire. Only fear. We flatline together. Our hearts have always kept the same beat. She has just one dimple on her left cheek, and mine, it would turn out, just one on my right. Where she went, I always followed. As doctors began to wheel her into an emergency C-section, a sound engulfed the entire hospital, every floor, every room, to seem to know exactly what it meant, except for my mother, whose heart had suddenly brought the two of us back to life. Madeline is a California girl through and through, born just 15 minutes from what would become my childhood home. Earthquakes were old hat, but we weren't in California yet. This was Ohio, and that sound was a tornado warning coming straight for us. The doctors ripped me out of her with such force they gave mom a black eye. I guess it's not my fault then that I've always had a flair for the dramatic, because with a birth story like that, I mean, who could blame me, right? A nurse swept my mother and I to the basement where we spent the first hours of our new life crying amongst dozens of other mommy and baby pairs, weathering out the twister just above our heads. The heat that day, 
the fear. It baked into my nervous system. Chaos, anxiety, my body only knew how to feast on adrenaline. A slow, steady drip of the summer season kept me full. Full of anxiety, sure, but I was an addict, and like most addicts, I didn't know I had a problem. I thought the insatiable drive to be special, the need to be noticed, my gifted and overachieving star student turned valedictorian, turned Emmy winner, turned not one, but two TED Talk giver, turned million dollar company founder, was a personality trait, not a trauma response to satiate that gnawing ache of never feeling enough. The world tells me that only through more heat will I find the cool, the crisp fall nights that edge out summer, that I should feel shame and guilt if I want to slow down, that someone will pass me in this invisible race I didn't even know I signed up for. Only summer, it tells me, only dry, only busy, only striving, only proving constantly to everyone, to myself, that I even deserve to be alive is how you breathe. All just white noise now, deafened by the softly falling snow. I promise there will come a few times in your life when your deepest intuition, when all your instincts tell you to do something, something that defies logic, upsets your carefully crafted plans, your family's plans, your followers, your book club, yoga, church group, your kids even. It will piss people off. They're going to call you crazy and selfish, weird and juvenile. They'll tell you to get back to reality, that you should be grateful for what you have. Don't rock the boat. It's too late. And in a last ditch effort to not upset their own version of life's possibilities, they will say, who do you think you are? When that happens, you do it. That thing you know you have to do Do it. Listen to your instincts and ignore everything else. Ignore logic, ignore the odds, ignore the complications, and go for it. Walk over the threshold of ordinary into your version of extraordinary. For me, that threshold granted two questions the biggest and bravest questions I've ever dared whisper. They fell out of me, honestly, and gently onto the snow, just laying there daring me to look at them. Two questions that I honestly don't have the answer to yet. Who am I when no one's watching? And what do I want to create when no one's clapping? Fuck. Two questions that quietly gave me my eyes back. Two questions that bravely gave me my life back. Two questions. I never thought in the heat of the summer to even give myself the pace and space to ask. I don't have those answers, but I know where to go to hear them. I have to become crazy and selfish, weird and juvenile. I have to disappoint everyone but myself for the first time. That means no social media, no podcasting, no writing book proposals or newsletters, No working even for the rest of the year, question mark, more question marks. There's no more work to be done out there. Only in here, in this quiet hibernation, more cocoon than a cave, I'd say, reemerging only when I feel I have no desire left. 
no flame, no flint, to prove my breath or very worth. So I'm going to walk. Barefoot, as I seem to do now for all major actions of the heart, across a stretch of grass covered in rose petals, to a man my tender heart can finally rest in. Amongst only my closest friends and the trees I hold so dear, I'm going to pledge my one brief sacred life to this man, and he and mine. I've known this wedding day would come since our first kiss. Because when your deepest intuition and when all of your instincts tell you to do something, something that defies logic, you should do it. And hand in hand, we're going to walk through a season of quiet together. 2,650 miles to be exact. The length of Mexico to Canada through the Pacific Crest Trail. A landscape of past stories, old roads, scorched land I used to call home when I asked everyone but myself to tell me I was special. Who am I when no one's watching? I don't know, but I've never been more excited to see her. That's it. That's the first chapter. Literally and figuratively, I think. That's where I'm at right now, so. When people ask me, Abs, what are you doing? Um, My best answer is, I'm quiet. (laughs) I'm being quiet. Never been quiet before. Feels really good. And it feels really good to take the power away from a story that is no longer mine. The story that I'm not special or that I need someone else or something else to tell me that, to validate me. I want to create from a fully healed place and I will not come back until it is so. And I know that healing is not linear and that it's not set in stone, but I, I won't come back to this mic And I won't press post until I feel like I can do that completely in my sovereignty. I owe that to myself. I center myself. I choose myself. And to be honest, this has been, of course, really hard. Like, it's really, really hard. Please let me make no mistake about that. I mean, even when I was super in my business, I had created this course, the Media Visibility Accelerator. It's the shit. I know it works. It's amazing. And yet I didn't want to teach it ever again. Like I just felt complete. And I was like, how could I possibly do this? How could I possibly like turn this off? This is like the breadwinner of the business. It's like our, our highest course, you know, it literally made me my first six figure launch, meaning like I made a hundred thousand dollars in three days, more than that. Right? Like, why would you turn that off? And my body whole heart said, no, we're done. I don't want to teach it anymore. I'm not interested. And that's just the thing about me that I've come to realize. And I think through even like the episode about human design is another huge and helpful one. If you haven't listened to that one, Um, If you've like said human design is woo woo, highly recommend going back and listening to that one because Aaron Claire Jones is the shit. It helped me to begin to give myself permission and to rest into how I like to work. 
which is that I'm very interested in solving problems and in new challenges. But to be honest, I don't even have to complete the challenge necessarily if I know how it will work. (laughs) So to me, it was like once I could see exactly how this one course would make like millions of dollars, um, I, I just wasn't interested in teaching it live like that anymore. Now, the content itself is fantastic and it serves so many people. So I created an evergreen course version of it. Like people can just pick it up and do it on their own. Because I don't, you know, I I really believe in my work and I know the quality, but like from the business standpoint, I just walked away. And of course, pretty much everyone told me I was crazy, um, except my closest friends and my business coach, which is why you should pick amazing people to be in your corner because she just championed me and said, you're not crazy. Listen to your gut. I mean, your gut is what created this business to begin with. And it's what tell, it's what's telling you now to pivot. And the same thing goes with the PCT. When I first told Aaron, like, I want to go do this. Do you want to come with me? By the way? Yeah, this is like definitely my idea. <laughs> so, uh, when I said that he was like, absolutely. And then we had to look like at our schedule and, and literally this has been two years in the making. Like I have been planning and working and then winding down my business all with this exact intention in mind that I just haven't shared publicly until today. Um, but like, this has been a long time in the making and there have been a number of times. I mean, I feel like in a lot of ways, it's like another baby being born. Cause I think it took me about nine months. Um, in fact, actually it's been it will be nine months when I got the actual permit too. It's taken me this long to like come to grips with like, wow, this is all really happening. Wow. I'm working less. Wow. I'm really, you know, slowing down. I'm packing, you know, it's like, I'm sitting right now in my office that has like so many boxes around it. And, um, you know, I'm selling this podcast equipment after this episode even. And, you know, obviously I can buy it again when I'm back, but like, just releasing literally everything that I don't need quite literally. Like I'm selling my computer. We're selling our car. Like for real guys, like this is some serious shit. I am literally in a process of releasing absolutely everything. And it feels so great. The last time that Aaron and I did this, um, was before, right before we moved to bend where we live now. And right before I started my last business, um, we sold everything. We moved to Europe. And if we had waited even one season, COVID would have hit and we never would have taken that trip. And I never would have realized how many more potential, how much more potential I personally had in me and, and the opportunity to grow and build businesses and craft your lifestyle more on your own terms. And that like, literally you don't have to be in a house. Like this is totally an option to like, get on a plane, live in an Airbnb and create the life you want. And it can be way cost-effective. Like when I heard Europe, I always thought it was so expensive. Like I can never do that. Right. And like, you know, we, we got apartments for like a thousand dollars a month. It was great. (laughs) You know, food was like so fucking cheap. I mean, not every place in Europe, but like we chose places for that reason. But anyway, all to say that that first adventure with him really taught me 
that adventure is one of our love languages, that it brings out the best in the both of us, that we love novelty and exploring because of our neurodivergency in our brains. We feel alive. It's really healthy for us. And we have spent two years nesting. I have fucking hustled, make no mistake about it. Uh, would do some things differently, would not do some things differently. I'm really proud of the business and the life that I created during this time and during the pandemic. And I'm proud of you. I'm really proud that you made it through a really hard time. This pandemic was really fucking hard, y'all. Let's not pretend. And it's not over. That's the thing. And we get a chance to grieve and to be honest and to mourn the life that never will be again. We'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. And that's going to have to be okay. But we get to pause, right? And say, wow, that, that happened. We made it through so far. And if you have kids, like, fuck, I have no idea. Like, I'm, I'm in awe. There's nobody I admire more. Not that you need my admiration or essentially thoughts and prayers, right? You're like, no, I actually need a fucking babysitter and a chance to take a shower by myself. Oh, maybe even just a shit. Take a shit by myself would be lovely. I get it. I mean, sort of, my friends tell me, but I, I admire you a lot. And take a second today, hopefully after this episode, just sit with yourself and do a scan of how your body feels when you think about some things. And if it gets tight and tense in your stomach, in your pelvis, in your heart, in your shoulders, in your chest, about something, just write it down. No judgment, no need to act on it. Just notice what right now doesn't feel great, isn't serving you, where you might want to slow down the ride. And if I can be one example, one giant permission slip for that, if that's what you need today, please take it from me because that's what I'm giving myself. And I just wish that somebody... I'm actually, I'm sure people said this to me and I just didn't hear it. <laughs> so maybe today is the day that you hear it or maybe five years from now, you're like, oh my gosh, that's totally what that random Abby was talking about in that episode I heard years ago, wherever it's supposed to meet you. Right. But my intention for your heart today is that you give her a chance to tell you what she wants, not what you think is going to make her happy. And if it isn't making you happy, we can already see that life changes so quickly. The world can literally stop in a way that we have never in our lifetime experienced. Okay. So it's short. You don't have that much time. It's the only non-renewable resource. So if you're working really hard to build this business, I get it. If you're wanting to create equitable pay and massive change in this world, I get it. If you want to share your voice because you know that it's going to heal so many others, I get it. If you want to finally prove to yourself that you can make that 100,000, that million, that 10 million in your business, I get it. I do. But at some point, you have to ask yourself, when is it enough? Because if you don't have something in mind of when it's enough, then it never will be. You'll never get off the fucking ride. And then it's just like 
comparing yourself to someone else, right? It just becomes another, like, it's just another game. Like if you left corporate America because you didn't like the hustle and you didn't like keeping up with the Joneses and then you start like some other career or you're an entrepreneur, you create an app, you create a course, something like that, right? Then it's just like, oh, well now the fact that I made this money in my business, but this person made a hundred thousand dollars with their course in one day, or this person made a million dollars, or this person is writing their book, or this person's hosting an event. Have you noticed how it never is enough? Like, what did I do all this hard work for? Yes, for everyone else, I'm happy to support them. I'm very proud of the thousand plus students that are out there sharing their truth. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. But also, also, I'm the one creating it. So when do I get to enjoy the fruits of my labor? When do I get to literally be like, yo, the doing is done. The doing is done. It is winter. It's time to put it down. It's time to take some of that money and invest it properly and take a fucking hot break. When will you give yourself that? Whatever that looks like to you. When will you center yourself? quiet yourself enough to ask, is this really, is this really what I want? Is this really serving me now? Not to say that you didn't want it, that you didn't work hard for it and earn it and all the things, but who are you when no one's watching? And what do you want to create when no one's clapping? I love you. I'll see you on the other side for season two. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Full Body Fuck Yes podcast with me, Abby Gibb. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And it would mean the world if you leave a review so others know how kick-ass these episodes are. And I'm a real person over on Instagram, so tag me in an IG story at Abby Gibb and let me know what landed in your heart the most today. Thanks again for listening.